This is an ABC podcast. Hello, welcome to CoronaCast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 16th of November, probably around the time, this time last year, that somebody, the first person in the world, was infected with the COVID-19 virus. It's salutary to think that. One person in the whole world. More than 50 million now. And we'll never know who it is. Nope, we never will. Or where they got, well, we might not know where they got it from, at least we don't know now. But Norman, as we've been celebrating Donut Days left, right and centre in Australia over the past week or so, we've now heard that three people have tested positive for coronavirus in South Australia outside of hotel quarantine. An 80-year-old woman, some of her close contacts, and then there's other people in her circle that have symptoms and they're expecting more cases to come forward. I mean, are we ever going to nail this thing? Well, the answer is maybe not. It's going to be with us forever. It just depends on how we control it. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not good for South Australia that this happened, um, but we have said on Coronacast many times now, it's not a question of pride that we've said it, but it, you know, everybody knows it, that we're importing people who deserve to come back to Australia, Australians living overseas who want to come home, and they're coming home from high prevalence areas, so they're coming home with co- the COVID-19 virus, and sometimes COVID-19 itself. And hotel quarantine has got to remain secure for the virus not to escape. And we'll only find out as time goes on, maybe later on today, what exactly happened in South Australia and confirming that it is an escape from hotel quarantine. Um, They're testing people in the emergency department and elsewhere. So they've just, South Australia's got to really move and they are really moving into major containment exercise, as did Queensland, for example, when the cases came across the border, and as did New South Wales, when there was a major cluster emerging from Victoria through the motel in southwest Sydney. So South Australia's Chief Public Health Officer, Nicholas Spurrier, has called it a wake-up call, is asking people in South Australia to get tested if they've got symptoms, but it's not really just a wake-up call for South Australia, is it? No, it's for everywhere. I mean, people are coming into every state. I'm not sure that they started yet in Victoria. I don't think they have. But for every state, it's a wake-up call. And hotel quarantine is only as good as the security around it. It must be quite easy for the virus to escape if people's vigilance relaxes. So it's you know it's a system problem. It's probably not a bad egg or anything like that. It's just hard to maintain day in, day out, week in, week out. And this will probably happen more often. And the West Australian Premier, Mark McGowan, at yesterday's press conference was saying the biggest threat to Western Australia was indeed hotel quarantine. And here it is in South Australia. So we know that we were talking on Friday about wastewater testing and how that can be a a helpful early warning signal. Um, They are doing wastewater testing in South Australia, aren't they? They are, as far as I know, and they would have to amp this up. So, So everything's just going to have to be amped up in South Australia to really nail this. Hopefully they've learned the lesson of every other state, which is that you don't mess around with this virus. You don't sit back and do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You go hell for leather and try and nail it as quickly as you possibly can. Because all you need is one person out there with big social networks spreading the virus. So the obvious takeaway for South Australians and particularly people in the northern suburbs of Adelaide, which is where this woman seems to have been, is to get tested if you've got symptoms. But that bears repeating for Australians elsewhere as well. If you've got symptoms, get tested. It's our best way of, of identifying this virus and stopping it from spreading. It, it absolutely is. So if you're in Western Australia, Northern Territory, everywhere, get tested if you've got symptoms. Highly likely to be negative, 
but that's fine. It just means we're in the habit of getting tested. So speaking of people having symptoms and perhaps not getting tested, there was a study that came out last week showing how much coronavirus might have gone under the radar in Sydney. What did it find? So this was a study co-led by the National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance and the Kirby Institute at the University of New South Wales and New South Wales Health Pathology Institute of Clinical Pathology and Medical Research. And, and it was also done in collaboration with the Red Cross. And what they did was they collected as many de-identified blood samples from different groups of people in the Sydney area between uh, late April and early June of 2020 of this year. And they were looking for antibodies. So it's it's called a serosurvey or a serological survey. And it's a way of finding how many people might have been infected with SARS-CoV-2 without knowing it. In one sense, it was good news is that only one in 670 of Sydney's residents according to the release that came out, remember this is a press release, not a peer-reviewed paper, were infected, but that means well over 7,000 compared to the 2,000 or the 2,100 known cases. So it was 3.5 times as high as what we knew. So there is an underdiagnosis rate for uh, for this infection. It's not as high as the seven times rate that a Canberra research group found, But it is higher and shows that we are missing a lot of cases. And that comes back to South Australia, is that we could easily be missing cases in South Australia that we don't know about, and they could be spreading the disease. Remember, the good news is that 80% or so of these infections never get spread to anybody, but in 20% of people, they get spread to others and sometimes to quite a lot of others. So you've really got to be able to capture as near to 100% as you can. So it's more people than you think. We've actually got a question that sort of speaks to this from Gareth asking about, uh, well, Gareth says, a big shout out from Broom WA to the Big T and Dr S. I love my new nickname, Gareth. Thank you. Uh, how big is a risk? How big a risk is Christmas and New Year, especially in complacent states like Western Australia? Well, I mean, essentially states like Western Australia and Queensland have returned to almost normal. And when the University of Melbourne has done modelling of human behaviour in those states, the reproduction number, should there be coronavirus in those states, is well over one. So that's why they're worried, because they know that if you land, and it's probably true of South Australia as well, is that if you land coronavirus in those states, it's going to, it runs the risk of spreading and spreading really quite quickly. So in Broome, I think there's, uh, there's pretty low risk, but, you know, freighters are arriving in Port Hedland and other ports in Western Australia, and they have been arriving with sailors with uh, SARS-CoV-2 infections and COVID-19. And so it is um, a worry that SARS-2 could actually escape into Western Australia. So the risk at Christmas is if there was a lot of virus around, Christmas is a super spreading event. So people come from all over into a home, enclosed environment, they're having a good time, they're laughing and shouting and having and singing, and that's a super spread potentially a super spreading event. So Christmas is a risk. It's really not a, a great risk if there's almost no virus around. So what we have to hope is that South Australia gets rid of the virus. New South Wales and Victoria go the 28 days that other states seem to be asking from them without of zero spread or the donut days. Victoria is well down that track. New South Wales is going down that track. And then Christmas should be relatively safe. But we can't relax totally. Are there certain precautions that people can take around Christmas, maybe having smaller gatherings or, or not sort of having communal plates of food like we would have had in other years? Are there 
practical tips that we can give people? If it's nice weather, have them have it outside. So don't have anything inside. Try and make everything outside. So, and um, if the if it's a if it's a quiet day, get more, get a big fan out and try and get the air circulating. And if you're going inside, really try not to have all the family around. You, you know, limit the numbers to what your state ter- your state government has said should be the numbers. But really, if you're outdoors, uh, you're really cutting the risk quite a lot. So Norman, we're getting a lot of questions about vaccines, but let's just tackle one today from Genevieve. She's asking, if a vaccine becomes available early next year, fingers crossed, would you recommend someone who is pregnant get the vaccine? Well, I'm not going to recommend that until we've seen the data. So I think with the Pfizer vaccine, they have not tested it on pregnant women. That's often the case with the first round of vaccine studies is that they exclude pregnant women. It's going to be very interesting to see the extent to which the pharmaceutical companies have excluded certain people from these vaccine trials and how relevant they are to the general population. So I think they've got a decent sample of elderly people. I'm not convinced they've got a decent sample yet of people who have got complications like diabetes and other problems. And I'm pretty sure they've not been immunising pregnant women or children. But let's see. And before we go, we just wanted to say thank you all so much for your kind words on our sewage episode, which was very fun to interview that expert. It was on Friday if you missed it, so you can look back through our feed if you feel like having a listen to that. But we also want to know, are there other special guests or in-depth topics that you want us to cover? Uh, Leave us a note on abc.net.au slash coronacast and we'll see what we can do. Yep, flushed with the success from sewage. We are ready to take on others. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. 